Good evening, Sangbonani Dumelang, and welcome to episode 115 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamandongwa Kumalo. It's a Friday edition of the show, and if you are like some of us who are unfortunately at work this evening, I want to hear from you. I know a lot of people probably had the smarts to take today off, so you're probably sitting at home, you know, relaxing, and you're really enjoying your long weekend. You probably even took a nice long drive, maybe to the coast or the Kruger or somewhere else, to just get a nice breather, because I think we've been through so much right now that we're now slowly getting that opportunity to slowly travel. So if you decided to take this long weekend off, unlike some of us, do let us know how you're enjoying your long weekend. We want to hear from you. But of course, something that doesn't rest is property investing. I think even when you've outsourced so many different elements of investing in property, as a property investor, it really is one of those full-time jobs regardless. You know, you could have um, whether your tenants contacting you or even the agent that you've outsourced to saying this has happened in your unit you know what kind of action should I be taking and that's why we're bringing you this evening's edition of the private property podcast because there's simply no resting for property investors and something that I know a lot of us as property investors we're very interested in is investing in property during a pandemic. I mean, I know that a lot of us are probably spotting these various opportunities. Uh, you're probably going on privateproperty.co.za, you're looking at some of the bank requisites properties, and you're trying to, you know, get a sense of other places you should be finding some of these, um, you know, deals, and also how to navigate once you find it, what should you be doing? How should you be raising that money? And that's exactly what, uh, you know, we're going to be looking at. We're going to be giving you tips for investing in real estate, especially right now during this pandemic. And the person that I'll be speaking to this evening certainly needs no introduction. It's somebody who, uh, you know, talks property, always has property on his mind. And that's, of course, Robin Booth, who is the founder and CEO of the property booth. Robin, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Yeah, thank you so much. Great to be here. And in between a public holiday and a weekend, and as you said, you know, property doesn't sleep. So we're going tomorrow to view some properties and it'd be great to actually share with, you know, our listeners tonight some of the things that they should be preparing for, looking out for, getting their ducks in a row so that they too can actually be confident investors in this time of pandemic of a pandemic. And I think you can already just see that Robin is that guy who, uh, you know, always has property in his mind. He's even wearing, you know, a tie and a suit on a Friday evening. I was teasing him off air before we came on that, you know, you're looking so formal. It's great. on Monday at 8 a.m. You've got a serious board meeting. But of course, property is serious business. And that's one of the big tips, you know, that Robin always shares. And I know he's going to echo that even in this evening's conversations that you have to run your property uh, you know, portfolio like a business, even if you have one property, because I think sometimes people think, ah, you know, I start putting in the right systems in place the moment I've got eight or 10 properties. But really, you want to start from that first property, making the right decisions uh, from day one, so that by the time you get to five, six, seven, you're able to do it in your sleep and you don't need to, you know, overthink these things. And so, Robin, that probably brings us to, you know, the first tip that we should be sharing with our viewers. I mean, I know that there are a lot of people who want to take advantage of, uh, you know, these historically low interest rates, perhaps some of them have been able to save up a little bit. By this stage, there might be people who've even been able to pay off some debt. So they are finding that, you know, they've got a bit of room in their budget and they're looking to, you know, invest in property. What would be that first tip that you share with viewers at home when it comes to, you know, investing in property, especially right now during this crisis? I, it, it takes me back to, 
you know, when, when you sit around with a lot of investors, they keep talking about the 2008, 2009 big crash where there was incredible opportunities and like once, a, once in a lifetime opportunities for the transference of wealth. And, you know, I got late to the game after that in the USA, investing in the USA. I just got there in 2012. And I said that the next time there's an opportunity like this, I'm going to be ready. And I don't want to think that it's luck. And, you know, luck is the combination of preparation and opportunity. And part of what I really want to talk about tonight is that this is not going to be where you in five or 10 years time look back and say, oh, back in COVID, you know, it was some people were just so lucky. That's no, this is because it's going to happen because of what we're doing and putting in place and because of the kind of investors that we are. So first and foremost, it's around, okay, so what do we need to do to take uh, awareness of what's going on? What do we need to do to get our own ducks in a row? And out of that, those are the four things that I really just want to share with, with yourself and the listeners that we can take responsibility for and that we can actually do so that we are empowered. Because at the end of the day, we want to feel that we are contributing to our own well-being, that we are are creating those, those businesses that we want so that we're not just in uh, you know, a job that we resent or uh, feel trapped. We really do want to step out and, and make a difference. And I think pandemics or crashes are one of those unique opportunities where the rules change, where there's a different avenue that we can actually take advantage of. And I think that that moment of transference of wealth, which is what these pandemics start creating, actually open up some really interesting opportunities. And I think that's what we're going to unlock tonight. Yeah, and I think we should get to it, you know, Robin, because I'm sure, you know, okay, okay. so what is that first thing? I mean, I, I certainly know so, that I'm in student property, you tuned into uh, the Private Property Podcast on a Friday evening when it's a long weekend, and I'm sure a lot of people uh, probably, you know, have their, they're chilling at home and don't want to think anything serious, but they're tuning in and they're saying, I still want to invest in myself, I want to invest in my future and perhaps my children or grandchildren's future. So the first thing is, wherever you're wanting to go, whatever destination you want to point to, whatever your goal is to achieve, you have to know where you are now. Otherwise, you can never develop a strategy to get where you want to get to. So first and foremost, you have to know your financial standing now. In other words, accurately. So what is your credit like? Uh, how much could you afford if you want to get a bond? There's nothing like becoming emotionally attached to a deal that you see is absolutely incredible and you get a little excited, you go through the process and actually you then realize, oh, I've got a bad credit somewhere, I need to repair it, or I actually can't afford that, it's just out of my depth. So first and foremost, we've only got a certain amount of time, we've only got a certain amount of energy, we want to make sure that we know where we are so that when those opportunities come, we, we know exactly what we can do. So first and foremost, we've got to know our financial standing now accurately so that we're not going into this blind or through um, an emotional um, uncertainty. So first and foremost, that one. The second one is we all know that, that there are deals out there. So how do we access them? Like, do we have to uh, know certain people, find certain people. So in my case, what it is, is reaching out to your relationships, to your agents in your area, and letting them know that you are interested, that you want to invest. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, whether you're a seasoned investor, the more people know that you're game and serious about this, they will bring you the deals or notify you first. This afternoon, I had two, two agents sending me deals that have just come onto the market literally before anyone else. We're going to see tomorrow. We're going to see them on a Saturday. And that's what I've been focusing on, reaching out and getting people to know. And even if you're a first-time buyer and you say to me, well, I don't actually have networks and I don't have a contact, a, a contact or a, an insider's edge 
There's always the beginning, so we need to start somewhere. And the agent doesn't actually mind who the end person is as long as you are active and actually going to do something about it. So if you say to them, I'm a serious investor, if you have a deal, please let me know. They will let you know because they want to make that deal. They want that sale. So they're not going to go and say, oh, I'm not going to send it to you because you know, you're not worth it. They want to send it out to anyone. So that definitely is going to be the next one. Um, and so I that- think, you know, and, you know, before we even get to that third one, uh, Robin, I think so many people at home probably take for granted, um, especially even if you're a first time uh, buyer or even if you're failing you as an investor, perhaps you haven't you know, put together that many deals or you don't have that many units um, in your portfolio. We do take for granted just reaching out to even the area experts um, you know, the area agents in the area that you're you know, interested in and saying to them, look, um, if you do have a database, these are the specs of the kind of properties I'm looking yep. for. So if you already know that perhaps you want a freestanding house, that's minimum three bedrooms. Um, and if you're even savvy enough, you'll say these are the kind of, this is the kind of field I'm looking for. This is a price range I'm looking for. Then they contact you and sometimes just speaking to as many of them as possible and them sending you those deals becomes so important because as Robin is saying, they really do send you the deals oftentimes even before they list them, you know, on private property, for example, and you get first dips because I think a lot of the agents also don't want to have to go through the trouble of listing, marketing when they already have an active buyer who's going to buy a property um, that they are about to list. And that's been such a big advantage. I mean, I've seen it even myself, Robin, where there are a few, you know, estate agents in the areas that I'm, I'm heavily interested in who do reach out before anything is posted. And only when I'm not interested, do they then actually place those ads online. And it goes such a long way to know that you're able to see it early, ask all your questions before it's out there. And I think it's certainly one of those things that as, you know, especially newcomers, or you feel as though you don't have the right network, you shouldn't feel afraid to just literally call them up. They are on privateproperty.co.za and you go to that area, you'll be able to see different agents from, you know, different organizations and different companies and let them know that you are, we'll say open for business because you're obviously looking for that deal. And I'm actually going to add on that another sphere, which is specific to, I think, part of the pandemic situation, which is, you know, a lot of people have been impacted and a lot of people are needing to maybe offload their homes or sell them uh, and they don't really want to. So it's not necessarily going to be public knowledge or they don't necessarily everyone to know that they have to let go of their home. So if you're just telling your friends, your family, your, your, your network circles that you're looking for property to buy, you might find actually that your friend can know, knows a friend who says, listen, this person is in difficulty. They need to sell their house. Would you like to buy it? So not even agents yet. This is still an internal um, network. And, I, and those are going to be the deals which actually I think are really unique because it's a, it's, a, it's a different kind of deal than the one that an agent's going there and then there's agent's commission and then you're fighting and trying to negotiate with a whole lot of people. This is going to be a different scenario. And like I said, reach out to your relationship. You never know when that next deal is going to come. And I think that distinction between what we perceive as this professional property investor and this, I'm just wanting to buy my next deal, actually is when they realize that it's not about knowing the right person. It's just getting the word out there that you are interested because the deals will find you if people know that you're interested. So definitely, I think that's, that's, that to me is a really, really important one. Let people know that you are serious about buying property. 
You know, Robin, as you're saying that, you actually remind me of a guest that we had uh, a few weeks ago. She's an estate agent and she was just saying how, actually, she's not an estate agent. Um, it was uh, it was Amanda Kuba who was actually saying that uh, one of the big things that estate agents actually have to do is to get themselves out there and for people to know that they are, in fact, estate agents. Because, uh, you know, she shared an yep. example of how one of the agents within Remax, uh, you know, cited how there's a lady that she used to go to church with for many years and that lady had sold a property of hers you know not that long ago but sold it with another agent and the only reason why that lady didn't reach out to this agent was because she didn't know what she does so really talking to people um the moment you're interested in buying and perhaps or maybe going into student accommodation, you don't know whether they themselves are offloading some of their properties or perhaps know somebody who desperately wants to offload some of their properties. So Robert, I mean, the first two things, because uh, I want to take a quick break before we look at those last two tips and I'm going to squeeze in um, you know, the, a, 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 a bonus question uh, to you, especially for viewers at home, because you've shared that tomorrow, you're already going to be viewing something um, you know, that uh, an agent had sent you away. I want to ask you, there, what are some of the things that as we're now viewing, we should be looking out for? Because I'm sure that's going to be something useful, especially now that we're able to also physically go and view some of the properties, uh, unlike earlier on when the restrictions were heavier. So the first two things that we've looked at is you essentially need to be very honest about the state of your finances. You need to know where you are financially. It doesn't help trying to you know, make this huge financial decision and yet the state of your finances are not where you ought to be. Sometimes it might be that between now and let's say next year, March, your priority is paying off your debt and making sure that you sort of limit your expenses as much as possible and work on your credit score. Perhaps you've already done that and you've been able to save up and you've got your deposit, you've got your transfer uh, monies, now you're at a different stage altogether. And then that second thing, and uh, you know, it's something that Robin I know believes in quite a lot, myself included, is being able to reach out to various people, people in your network and people who are not in your network. So it's you know, reaching out to the state agents uh, who deal with this particular area that you're interested and to let them know that you're interested uh, in buying and you are you're essentially ready and open for business. So those are the first two tips uh, that we've explored. Of course, we are this evening talking about the four tips for investing in real estate during a pandemic. My guest is Robin Booth, who's the founder and CEO of The Property Booth. We're going to go for a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to be taking your questions and comments, but I also want to hear from you. We've been in lockdown, what is it, I think it's for six months now, going on seven. If you've, you know, bought any properties or started your property investment journey or grown your property portfolio, how has that experience been during this period? And what tips would you like to share to you know, our viewers at home and fellow investors around navigating, finding those deals, structuring those deals, especially right now during a pandemic? Let's keep those conversations going, of course, on our social media platforms, and we'll be getting to those uh, tips uh, from you as well as Robin just after this.
Welcome back to the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantu Kumalo. It's a Friday edition of the show. And as usual, uh, we do not rest because property does not rest. We're also a week away from the virtual property show. I'm sure you've seen that ad uh, right here. Of course, to find out more about that virtual property show, you can go to privateproperty.co.za. You can expect quite a number of expert guests who'll be helping us and helping us on our property journey, whether you're a first-time buyer, you're a tenant, you're a landlord, or seasoned property investor, it really is a platform that you, or an event rather, that you want to be a part of. I'll also join you next week, uh, both on Friday and Saturday. So I do look forward to seeing some of the familiar faces that I always see commenting and asking questions and giving us hearts and thumbs up during the private property podcast. Uh, and, and, and as we say, you know, we're looking this evening at the four tips for investing in real estate during a pandemic. Uh, my guest is Robin Booth, who's a founder and CEO of the Property Booth. So Robin, we've looked at those first two tips. What would then be the third tip now that, you know, our, the, the investors at home, we've, we know the state of our finances, we've reached out to our network, then what's essentially the next step or the next so what what we want to avoid is that classic saying which is out of the frying pan and into the fire, into the fire yeah. with all the interest rates you know just the, the cuts that we've been having you know it's the lowest in five decades yes it gives a lot of people more scope more affordability to buy properties we have seen the the number of sales that have just gone through you know in this last month two months it's, a, it's definitely a buyer's a market out there but the thing is, is the last thing we want to do is that in two to three years time, as soon as the interest rates go up or whenever they do, suddenly you're in trouble now because you didn't calculate the risk or the benefit that we're actually in at the moment and therefore the risk later on. So from my side is make sure that you run your numbers such that you can actually mitigate the risk such that anything else on top of that is just a bonus and the upside. So you should be calculating your interest rates at least between 10, 12, 13, 14% if you're really more um, astute. And if you can handle that, then you're absolutely set for a great buy. So for me, it's around knowing how to handle the risk now, because if you can manage all of that in the future, that will be great. Otherwise, you will be the motivated seller in the future who will then be trying to offload your properties to more hungry investors later on. So definitely this, this, this concept of you know, fear of missing out, the FOMO, because people are, it's like, I want to take advantage of this now. We've got say, such great interest rates. We can afford it. Let's go for it. Make sure you do your numbers and that you actually have a level head, which is why we went back to you know, the tip number one, know your financial status. This is not an emotional investment. We want to be you know, astute professional investors, even if it's your first time buy. So that's definitely number three, make sure you manage the future risk so you don't become uh, an astute or a, a motivated seller. Number three. And you know, Robin, I actually, I, I love that you brought that one up because I think one of the big things about the low interest rates is we often, especially when I have conversations, even with you know my, my my own business partners and some friends who are even interested in in real estate, is we talk about how you know these low interest rates are also often give people a false sense of, of affordability. Uh, you know, you previously either couldn't access a home loan or perhaps you couldn't access that 1 million rand home loan or 1.5 or whatever the figure is, and now you can suddenly afford it, and people go for it not making all the right adjustments elsewhere, right? Because perhaps you really wanted it at that price point and there is no negotiating it lower. 
that's fine. Have you then been able to decrease other expenses so that when interest rates go up, which they will, we know they're not going to stay here, uh, you know, stay at these levels right now. I think some of us were probably even anticipating or hoping that the Reserve Bank governor would decrease it in the last meeting. Unfortunately, I had them remain the same. I know a lot of you know, property enthusiasts were thinking, look, if we just have you know, another 25 basis points, perhaps things will be slightly better. But unfortunately, we didn't, uh, you know, get it like that. I see your messages and text, Marissa. I saw your heart. Uh, I see I can't quite make out the name. It's actually a bit too small for me to be able to work out with the the message is good evening team hashtag your space your rule we are of course wanting to also hear from you if you've invested in property during this lockdown how has your experience been what tips would you like to share with you know viewers at home and certainly to the rest of the community uh, i want to certainly hear from you and i see here we've got a comment uh from bongs bongs he's now um he's watching us on youtube i know he usually watches us on facebook and he's saying good evening guys i'm on youtube today and of course to our viewers who are watching us on facebook you're also able to catch us on youtube where we stream on the private property youtube page so you can certainly share this link or even share the youtube link uh if you want to catch us on another platform altogether. We're always watching your messages. And Marissa, I saw that text that you had sent us earlier. So Robin, I think I actually want to get to some of the questions that we've gotten from you know, our viewers at home. I think there's one here that's um, very particular. I think it's actually there's two of them. It comes from uh, Glennis Regan, um, who first asked, I think the, let's start with the first one. She, she says, um, how does the occupation by the group in Camps Bay make it safe to invest? And the, I think it might be a follow-up um, question. She says, should a, should a state carry out due diligence on the body corporate and its managing agent? So let's start with the first one. What an interesting situation there, right? And this is, for those who don't know, a, a group uh, took occupation of an Airbnb house. They actually did uh, book uh, two nights, I think it was, and then they decided they were going to stay there. Um, so actually, I've already gone back to the lawyers and had a look at this and seen, because I also specialize in Airbnb, and I want to know, well, what would I have need to do in that situation? And there were two interesting things that came out of that. First and foremost, that can actually happen at any time. There's nothing that's specific to this period of time or to any specific scenario where someone can stay longer. I mean, that could even be the case from a you know, from a tenant who stays there after six months or after a year and refuses to leave, they can end up squatting, right? What was interesting was two things is, does this law apply, the, you know, our, our eviction laws and the tenancy protection laws in a short-term rent from the scenario? But where for me the difference came with this group is the intent behind it for me was a protest. They were making a statement. This wasn't, I have nowhere else to stay. I'm going to just book here and then not leave. It was, we are making a statement about you know, the, the history of South Africa and obviously what they're wanting. So it was more of a protest action. And the lawyers actually came back and said that this could actually be the loophole which allows for the landlord to actually go in, change locks, sort this out, as opposed to actually following a full legal eviction process. So. This one was a unique one, and I think that, you know, sure, we take what they're saying to heart as well. We need to be aware of what's going on, but I don't think it's going to change. This isn't a unique situation that, that would make us fear should we now be investing, because, you know, this could happen at any stage anywhere in the world. In fact, this happened more in the U.S. and the U.K. Um, yeah. I actually 
pointed on Facebook, I was surprised it hadn't happened earlier here in South Africa, because there with the non-eviction rules during COVID, people went for two nights in and then stayed there and then no one could evict them. So they were like, we're going to stay here for free for six months. Mm -hmm. So that was a concern for me, like here in South Africa um, with our non-eviction rules. So this one is slightly different because um, obviously of that situation, the protest. And the second question, we should always be doing due, dil due diligence about the people who are managing properties, who have control, especially body corporates. You know, we see that the laws becoming tight around it, like the maintenance laws and the maintenance funds. But at the end of the day, if you actually think about it, a lot of the body corporate is made up of the people who live there. And that doesn't actually mean that they know what they're doing. So, you know, definitely there's, there's a lot of, of or a lot of articles on you know, the internet about how to help people with body corporates and how to check them, do the due diligence. So if I'm understanding the, that, that question correct, Definitely, I think those are really, really important. And we're going to see more and more of that tightening up, I believe. And I think a pro tip is certainly to watch some of the episodes that we've had with Zelinda Fanamarva, uh, you know, where we've looked at community schemes and the various yeah. things that could go wrong, what you should be doing, uh, what you can do as a resident who is not, uh, you know, one of the trustees, the responsibilities that the trustees have, uh, the roles and responsibilities of the body corporate and the managing agent and how to mitigate uh, an issue in the event where, for example, there's issues with the managing agent or there's issues with the body corporate of course being able to go to the ombuds so you're able to go to CSOS to raise some of your concerns so I do urge you uh, um, uh, uh, Glennis to actually go back to the episodes that we've had with Zelinda I know that we'll be bringing her back on uh, on a number of more occasions because this is one of those things where we want to better understand community scheme living because a lot of us are moving towards that uh, for different reasons you know the convenience the safety factor uh, and sometimes it's also just close to where you need to be. I know you can also catch Zalinda next week at the virtual property show. So you can certainly you know, watch some of her uh, sessions and ask her any question should you have some for her. Now, Robin, of course, we then get to that fourth uh, tip for our you know, investors who want to be investing during this pandemic. Great. And actually, just coming back still to that third one, the Airbnb is, I'm also going to be actually speaking on the virtual property show next week. I've got a slot there on how to you know, live in a beach house for free uh, using Airbnb. So that's also a great reason why our listeners should really get onto that and, and you know, register and make sure they're looking because there's going to be some great content on that, some really interesting strategies. So and now as well, COVID is very interesting around that. So good opportunities. And actually, that does lead perfectly into the fourth one, which is, you know, everyone talks about these once in a lifetime opportunities and and there's this fear of all well, will I miss out on these opportunities like my credit's not ready or I'm not ready well we're going to be here for a while but more importantly is when you realize that once in a lifetime opportunities can happen every year and in other words when you know how to create the opportunity create the deal then it's no longer about I'm just going to wait for something to happen and I think that's the distinction that I'm really saying is don't worry if you're fearing missing out on something. This is not a, an emotional, irrational process. When you know how to create a deal, look for it, find the right people, then you start actually creating those once in a lifetime deals. Then it's no longer about a pandemic. And I think that for me is the, like the, the bringing to ground the, the nervousness or this, this this edginess that some of us are feeling because we like we don't want to miss out. We want to maximize our opportunity. We want to take those risks. And I'm just saying, listen, 
know how to create them and then you will just see this and be part of it as opposed to fearing it. And I think for me, that's a really important one to, to end off on. I love that tip, uh, Robin, and I'll tell you why. Because I've been seeing a lot of, uh, you know, various messages on various posts, rather, from different people on social media. Um, and I think some of them, I'll say, are, are probably trying to lead people astray and uh, put in a bit of a panic factor of if you don't buy now, then you're going to miss out. This is never going to happen again. We're not going to see these numbers. Whereas if you actually sit down and, and look at, you know, a lot of the numbers, they haven't drastically gone down. Yep. We're not seeing, you know, price decreases that are like 40% less or 60% less. So there's no such thing certainly as, you know, the housing crash. And I think there's some people who are giving people the impression that that's what's going to be happening and you need to be buying now. So really having a fundamental understanding that good deals are always going to be there. I mean, I think one of the things I always say is, Sometimes when I really am, you know, looking for a particular deal and I'm able to find it and for some other reason it falls through, especially once I've sort of tried every single imaginable avenue, I, I'm like, you know what, this actually just wasn't meant to be and it's okay, there'll be other ones. And as much as I'd already projected, you know, my income and the returns from this particular, I'm like, you know what, the, the reason why this is not, you know, coming together and it's falling through with every, like, I would literally try different kinds of strategies and it still doesn't close. So I think even viewers at home, these things happen, even to seasoned investors. And that's where you realize that, you know what, that deal is not meant for you, you walk away because there are other deals. I think they, there's no... Um, there's no limitation to the number of deals that we end up, you know, finding out there that are good. Uh, so I think don't be pressured into buying a property because there's somebody who's telling you this is a never to be repeated offer. Because we've seen that a lot, right, Robin, where uh, some of the agents are even posting those ads like that saying never to be seen again. But actually, they, yeah. they will be seen. It's, 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 there's nothing out of the ordinary about some of the figures that we're seeing. So take your time and certainly do not feel rushed. Before we end off though, Robin, I know that tomorrow you are you know, doing what a lot of us as property investors do. Weekends are never really weekends. I mean, I often joke that if I'm not at a hardware store, uh, probably viewing a property, doing you know, maintenance, trying to figure out um, you know, what to do tomorrow, you're viewing a property. Perhaps you know, a few tips for um, investors once they find these, you know, a deal during this period. Uh, so they've reached out to the agents and the agents are saying, here's the offer. Uh, th these are the properties that I have. What should you be looking out for even as we go and actually view uh, some of the properties and slowly start closing on the deal? So what helps first is obviously knowing what your investment strategy is. Are you looking just for a standard buy to let? Are you looking for a student house? Are you looking for something that you could uh, use as a multi-let? You know, so knowing that, and of course, if your agent knows what that is, that is all the better. In my case, I'm looking for extracting the value out of a property. So like a multi-let. So what I'm specifically looking for are properties that already have something like two kitchens or three kitchens, or I'm looking for separate entrances are easily created. So already this agent is talking my language, which says, this is what you're kind of looking for, because obviously then I can actually quickly do the numbers, which I have in my head into my spreadsheets. But what actually is probably more important, and this is something that is really not done enough of in properties, is when you go view the property, take high definition video, wide angle, high definition video, because you're going to forget what the property looked like. And you're going to come home and then think, well, if I put a door there, and then you think, well, how did, where would the door go? And did they have cupboards? And 
how much would it cost for me to do this refurbishment? And then you don't know. And then you have to go and view it again. So then the agent gets upset. The seller gets upset. I found I go with, I go with, a, with my GoPro. I take high definition, wide angle of the whole property. And then I actually don't have to go back there. I can send that um, video footage to my contractor who can quote me. And it's all digital, right? I don't actually have to do all this. I don't have to meet the contractor on site now and inconvenience everything. It can happen so much quicker, which means I can take advantage of things. So all of this is, I think, where we've been pushed to into, into the digital world. But from what your question was, is that's what I'm looking for. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste my team's time, nor the agent's time, nor the seller's time. And I want to be the first to know if I can make an offer or not, which means I got that email today. I said to them straight away, I'm going to go out tomorrow. I invited a whole lot of my other students to come along with me so we could actually go and look together and make this a learning experience as well. But ultimately, I'm there that by tomorrow evening, I want to know, is this something that I want to trigger or not? And most people are like, I'll make a plan next Wednesday to go view. Snooze, you lose. You know, this is about uh, speed of implementation, not about the panic of it's going to be lost. It's just that I'm serious about it and I'm going to make that statement. And that's why the agents are going to keep sending me their deals because they know that I actually take their time seriously. And that is one of the reasons why uh, Robin is going to be speaking at the virtual property show. Certainly has a lot of knowledge uh, when it comes to property, especially even when we look at, uh, you know, Airbnb. So you can look forward to his session uh, next week. Uh, that is at the virtual property show that is hosted by Private Property. Robin, thank you so much for joining us this evening. All the best for the viewing tomorrow with your students. And we will definitely be having you back on the show, uh, you know, in the future. You always great speaking to you always learn so much uh, not just myself but i'm sure also viewers at home thank you and that is robin booth who is the founder and ceo of the property booth and that of course brings us to the end of this evening's episode of the private property podcast i know that uh, you know those of us who were working this evening i do hope or working today rather i do hope that we can now slowly start our weekend it's not quite the long weekend like uh, you know some of our friends and family but at least we can say that we've got a taste of the weekend uh, i certainly want to be hearing from you let's continue this conversation on social media if you've invested uh, you know during this pandemic what are some tips that you'd like to share with our community? What have you found has been able to help you, uh, you know, navigate making those property investment decisions, especially right now during this period? What are some of the things that you also see as you view properties? Because I think, you know, viewing properties also gives you so much insight, uh, you know, not just on the property that you want to buy, but also the area. And I think you also just sharpen the way that you look and perceive property quite a lot. Well, that's it from me, Zamantu Kumalo. I know this weekend you will be with Chad uh, for the developers show, so I do hope that you will be enjoying that. Of course, I am back on your screens on Monday evening at 7 o'clock, and I do hope that you have an incredible weekend. Until next week, hoping you're staying home and staying safe.
Hi, I'm Brandon Ribbing. I'm an entrepreneur from Durban. The suburbs of Berea and Morningside are built on a natural ridge that overlooks the home of the Sharks, the Moses Mabita Stadium, uh, Durban Country Club. It's just got an incredible outlook elevated over the city. Living in Morningside makes so much sense to us because everything is so central. Anything that we choose to do is a couple of kilometers away or a couple of hundred meters away. Restaurants, coffee shops, it's all here on our doorstep. You know, we've got uh, great schools here, uh, the girls